Hello, everyone, and welcome back to SACS's Essay Today podcast. My name is Michelle Botcher, and I'm an associate professor in the College of Education at Clemson University. I'm also your host for this program. Today, we're going to have a conversation about a strategy a lot of people are using to persist through the past year, the COVID-19 pandemic, and the complexities of work and life during an incredibly stressful time. Our guests today are here to talk about the dogs they've gotten during the pandemic. Um, and in the interest of full disclosure, I'm really interested in this because I got my dog, Lily, during the pandemic. Um, and I'm, I'm not objective about this. I love her. And so anyway, maybe I'll do a whole episode just on her, but that's not this episode. So anyway. Um, to get things going, we're going to do introductions a little bit differently than we do for some of the other episodes, but I'm going to ask each guest to introduce themselves, their dogs, and why they chose to get a dog in the past year. Um, and then also, if you want to share an interesting fact about your dog and or perhaps a Zoom experience that your dog may have had, that's perfect. You'll just kind of set the stage and we'll go from there. Um, so if we could start, Carrie, if you don't mind going first. Sure, I'm happy to. Hi, uh, my name is Carrie Brooks. I'm Director of Student Services in the College of Architecture, Arts, and Humanities at Clemson, uh, Clemson University. Um, and I had not intended to get a dog during the pandemic. Um, I had a Chihuini, a Chihuahua Dachshund named Judy, who was the love of my life. Um, she was mean and prissy and spoiled and a diva and everyone hated her and I loved her and she loved me and sadly she died um, in June at which point my children started lobbying for another dog. Um, I didn't want to but I finally gave in when my yoga teacher's corgi wandered through her zoom shot um, and corgi was specifically what my children wanted. Um, and I gave in and Falco, named after the quarterback in the, uh, in the movie, The Replacements, um, came to live with us shortly before Halloween. So Zoom story about Falco, um, when he came home, uh, he was so tiny, I would set him on the kitchen table in front of me when I was on Zoom meetings and he would sleep there. And one of my colleagues in a meeting saw him and it was a big meeting. So the Dean, both associate deans, the chairs of all of our 15 majors, uh, the business director, the communications director, the office manager. And one of my colleagues wrote to me in the chat privately, how's it going with the new puppy? To which I responded to the entire meeting um, while my boss was speaking, it's a good thing he's cute because he's a handful. <laughs> So I will never live that down in a million years. Um, and that's my puppy Zoom story. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. Um, Emily, would you go next? Hi, everyone. My name is Emily Markovich, and I am a residence hall director at the University of Georgia. Um, and I got my puppy Flynn um, in September. He is a 10-month-old dachshund mix. Um, and as much as I wanted a dog during this pandemic, I feel like I got a part cat instead. Um, and so Flynn's favorite hobbies include um, messing with the blinds, climbing on the couches, and trying to jump on our tiny, our dining room table. Um, and so love him dearly. Um, and part of the reason why um, I ended up selecting to get a dog during the pandemic is I'm a first year professional. Um, and so in my job search, I really wanted to be able to find a residence life position where I could have a dog. 
Um, but when I was going through that job search um, in the spring of 2020, I had no idea how important it would be for me to have a dog, especially as COVID-19 has shifted so many things um, throughout this past year. And so um, definitely part was intentional um, and part was very needed. Wonderful, thanks, Emily. Casey, how about you? Hey everyone, so my name is Casey Johnstone. I am the student development coordinator in new student programs at Duke University. Um, we, my partner and I actually have a dog. She's older, she's 12 years. Um, and during quarantine, we're all home. She seemed a little bit depressed. And so we had been toying with the idea of getting a, a puppy or like a companion for our older dog. Um, who also is a little prissy and <laughs> particular. That's the nice way to say it. Um, and we just, we weren't sure it was the right time. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to scratch this puppy itch by volunteering. So I started co-fostering with this group in Durham. Um, and surprised to no one who knows me, the first litter that I was working with, I became obsessed with this one dog and he loved me and I loved him and it was amazing. Um, so we ended up adopting him. His name is Fisher. It was fish stick. Um, all of the fosters called him fish and fishy. And so he responded to that. So we were like, let's change the name, but keep it um, he's six months old. He's already 53 pounds. He's getting huge. It's, a, it's crazy, but, um, for like a funny zoom story, I, every single morning without fail, they have what I have come to call WrestleMania and we push the coffee table away and they just take over the entire downstairs sprinting back and forth across the house wrestling, growling, whatever. So anytime I have a morning meeting with people, I'm like, listen, this is going to happen. And so it's funny, my regular morning meetings, they're like, how's WrestleMania going? Um, cause they just know the dogs are like leaping over me sometimes. Um, just having the time of their life in the morning. That is awesome. Thanks Casey. Um, Sarah Whitney. Hey everyone, I'm Sarah Whitney Anderson and I'm one of the assistant directors for student alumni engagement at Vanderbilt University. Um, my roommate and I actually also fostered a dog last spring. We were just kind of needing a project and we saw the Humane Society needed help. Um, so we took in a sweet pup named Toyota, uh, but she was a sprinter and I am not. So we quickly learned I was not to be her mom. <laughs> that was not going to be the right ownership. Um, but luckily my first roommate in Nashville, her parents adopted her. So we still get to see her. Um, but it did hit that. I did love having a dog, loved having something to take care of. Just the sprinting was just not for me. Um, and then my grandparents actually just moved into a assisted living and they could not take their dog with them. And I remember when they got there, Bijan Frise named Belle when I was in high school and I just quickly became very controlling and was like, well, she can't just go anywhere. And they kept saying all these different things. And then my brother was like, well, we'll take her. I was like, no, 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 actually I'm taking her. She is mine. <laughs> um, so now I have a 10 year old Bijan Frise. She looks like a marshmallow, um, but she is the sweetest and has been the most fun project. Um, of quarantine. 
wonderful. Her little Thank fun you. fact is she's a very fluffy, sassy dog, um, but she makes donkey noises. It's the most unattractive thing from a very attractive dog, and it's hilarious. I wish I could show you all on this podcast today, but she's very shy and has trust issues. So she only shares when she's feeling ready. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Maybe she'll surprise us. If she does, unmute really quickly so we can hear. Brian, how about you? Well, hi, everybody. My name is Brian Burke, and I'm an associate professor at Murray State University, which is located in beautiful western Kentucky. And we ended up adopting a dog this past February um, after having our pets, all of our pets. We, we moved to Murray in 2014 with five pets. We had three cats and two dogs, and they eat. And then within the last couple, two or three years, I guess, uh, we lost all of them. Uh, so we, we were down to a cat and dog, and they both died pretty close together, um, one right before Christmas and one shortly after Christmas. And we talked about, okay, I, I think we, we've, you know, do you, do you ever really stop grieving, but we're ready to look at the possibility of a puppy. And uh, we, my wife had, had spent time on Facebook and, and websites of uh, our local humane society, and then an animal shelter in a neighboring county. And in the middle of February, we got a massive snowstorm here in Western Kentucky. And for some reason, that's when we decided we would um, get in my truck and turn on the four-wheel drive and go to the next county over to visit the animal shelter. And we went in, and uh, there was somebody else there looking at puppies. And they, I think they had five or six puppies that were ready for adoption. And uh, the, the one of the workers had one of the, had a puppy out uh, of of its pen and handed it to us. It was sweet, and and it was just you know, it was just going to be a lap dog. Um, but we, I, we said, okay, this one's cute. It's sweet, but I want to make sure we meet all the puppies. Well, there was this one puppy that was just jumping around in its pen saying, listen, you people need to pay attention to me. And so we, we looked and, and so I was like, okay, th this one's not going to settle down until we get her out. So we got her out and uh, we each hold her and she's licking our faces and just being a little ball of energy and we all felt the connection with her and they, they have an area where you can go and you can can play with the puppy uh, without other distractions and, and other puppies so we went and we did that and we said you know i think i think this is going to be our dog and so the name that she had been given by the the folks who owned or are the parents of her mom named her serena and the folks at the shelter said, you know, she doesn't really respond to her name. Uh, so you, you, you won't have any problem changing her name. Uh, but so we're on, on our way home with her and we get her home and we say, oh, okay, Serena, do you want to play? And she starts responding to her name instantly. Said, well, I guess I think your name is Serena then. Uh, so Serena is just a little over five months old. Uh, her birthday is actually Christmas of 2020. So it's it's cool that the the people that brought her to the shelter actually like made sure the folks at the shelter knew her exact birth date, uh, which so often with shelter dogs that doesn't happen. Um, and and so she's like I said she's just over five months old, and she's a lab chow mix, and which is really cool because one of our dogs that that we had to say goodbye to 
not too long ago was also a lab child mix. Uh, so I think it was just very serendipitous that uh, Serena made sure that, that we knew that she was there and that, that I think she knew she picked us uh, is what we we like to say. Um, I don't she hasn't interrupted Zoom calls because I'm very conscientious about I have a space where I can go and, and be away from the noise. But I do find she knows that where I'm at. And so she makes her presence known, at least to me, uh, even though so I use a headset when I'm on Zoom. So I don't think any other people hear her barking, but she wants to make sure that that she wants me to know that she knows that I'm not in the room with her. Very good. Thanks, Brian. All right, Michael. What's up with your pup? <laughs> What's up, everyone? My name is Michael Wallace. Um, I currently live in Nashville, Tennessee, but I work remotely for the University of California, Davis, as an orientation coordinator there. Um, and my dog's name is Reggie. He is a golden doodle. Um, I've been wanting to get a dog for a long time now, but previously for the past three years, I've lived with a roommate who had a cat. And so we agreed that I wouldn't get a dog um, while living with that roommate. I no longer live with that roommate now. So um, that prompted me to start thinking about getting a dog. And I chose to get him during quarantine because I had more capacity. I just had more time and resources financially to get a dog right now. Um, but also I, I really needed some joy in my life um, and dogs bring me joy. So um, he has been definitely that. Um, fun fact about Reggie, he loves people more than other dogs. So I took him to his first Petco puppy group training class and all of the other dogs were socializing with each other like the class is intended for them to do. And he just went around to all of the dog owners and socialized with them instead. So he's definitely more of a people person than a dog person. That's awesome. Um, so I think this episode will air first, but I recorded an episode about pandemic cats this morning. And interestingly, at the end, um, they shared with me today's actual, actually National Rescue Dog Day. So the day that we're recording it, which is May 20th. I think this is going to probably air later this summer, but kind of cool that we're recording it today. So, um, so you've got your dogs. You told us a little bit about them. Um, this is probably just going to be a series of dog stories is this episode. But talk a little bit, if you would, about um, it has not been the easiest year, 14 months, whatever we're on now, what are some of the benefits that you've experienced in your own lives in terms of having a dog around and, um, you know, them being part of your world in this unpredictable time? And whoever wants to go, you can go ahead and start. I can start. Um, so 
I don't know if any of you know about the Enneagram, but I'm a two and it's a helper. And I think for one thing, my roommate was the one that started talking about maybe we should get a dog. Cause I think she realized that I was maybe taking care of her. And she was like, you need to step off. You need a hobby. You need a project. Please stop. <laughs> I'm an extrovert. She's an introvert. So I can only imagine. I'm very thankful for all that she did for me in quarantine, <laughs> but I think she was the one that was like, okay, how can I get Sarah Whitney off my back? Oh, if she had something to take care of. And so hence Bill. Um, she has been great at also just helping me like go on a walk, go outside in between zoom meetings where in the office, once by a time, you know, I'd go get water, walk to the kitchen and just kind of walk around. And I wasn't really doing that as much in the house, or maybe I just didn't have as far to go. <laughs> um, so Belle's been really great at just like getting me outside rain or shine or snow. We still go on a lot of walks and just enjoy whatever weather is present um, but I think she's just something good to occupy my time and kind of make, make me feel better about taking care of something. I think, um, for me, the puppy has made me more externally focused at a time where I've been kind of turned inward. Um, over the summer, after my previous, uh, dog passed away, we had for a while, six people living and working in the house. And it was, you know, we had fire pits going outside and, um, you know, multiple people on Zoom for work and, you know, playing games in the evening and cooking three meals a day. And it was a busy, chaotic, fun mess. And then when the school year started, everybody left and it was just me and my senior and high school daughter who were left here. And it was just entirely too quiet. Um, it is now no longer entirely too quiet because the puppy keeps us running. Um, but when we brought him home, um, it, it really added something that kind of drew us out and gave our home a little more life after everybody left. Um, and in a stressful time where everything's so uncertain and my daughter was really missing out on her senior year and um, you know, working remotely, it, it was just good for us emotionally to have him to distract us from our own inner lives. Excellent. I would say having a dog this year has been incredibly important for me. Um, I think as so many of us within student affairs know, um, it's very easy to let, um, to have a lack of um, work-life balance and want to give so much to students and those that are around us. And I think that especially became true for folks working in residence life this year who are asked to step outside of our traditional generalist role and take on um, responsibilities with COVID and managing student concerns in a level that um, a lot of us haven't seen before. Um, and so for me, having a dog was really important because it meant that I had to go home on my lunch breaks. It meant that I had to leave the office at some point to go take him for a walk um, and make sure that I was having some of those boundaries for myself. And I think Without him, it would have been incredibly hard for me to maintain those boundaries that I needed to maintain um, my ability to be successful this year and to persist through this pandemic, um, especially as a new professional. And so um, in a lot of ways, he was my saving grace to get me through this year and make sure that I was taking care of myself because I was taking care of him. Emily, I have a quick follow-up for you. I, my, my former dog I had when I was a hall director living in also, all, every resident in my building knew Ripley's name, but they didn't necessarily know mine. Like, do you get that? It'd be like, hi, Ripley. Hi, person with Ripley. It was kind of how it went. Do you, are, are you finding that with your community? 
that is especially true, um, especially for the community that I'm a part of. Um, we have a large green space right outside that connects um, the four buildings um, in the Myers community. And so oftentimes I will be out there um, in the evenings playing with Flynn and students will always come by and say hello. And so he is definitely a presence in this community. Um, and I think I get some of that name recognition more as Flynn's owner than I do as Emily, the hall director. Um, but it definitely does help to build a lot of sense of community, which is another benefit that I really enjoy um, living in with a pet. Wonderful. Thanks. So I've actually, well, I think one of the benefits since getting Serena and just taking her out for walks is she's a very high energy dog is I've actually met neighbors in, on our street and we, we've lived here for six years or going on seven. And even though we go out for walks, there's something about walking with a dog that invites people to say hello. And actually like, I now know some of my neighbors names, even though we'd wave to each other or say, Hey, um, now we actually will stop and chat. Um, and people walking their dogs will stop and chat when I'm out. Uh, now it doesn't, I don't necessarily have to be outside with Serena. And so it's, it's amazing that the power that, that dogs have for bringing people out, um, not just physically, but kind of out, um, in a connected way. So, Geez, if, if I'd realized, I mean, we and we had dogs, but they weren't into going for walks. Um, so, so that that presence has really been incredible. And so now there there are neighbors that I know that I can go and and if I need help with something, and they know they can come and ask me. Geez, I should have gotten a puppy when we moved in seven years ago. You had some tasks they could have helped you with. Yes, to everything you just said, Brian, I was going to say the same, I was going to say the same thing. Like my, I've gotten close with my neighbors because like Fisher and their dogs are like best friends. Like we joke that they're boyfriend, girlfriend, because they lose their minds whenever they see each other. So like me and my neighbors have gotten closer, um, which is really, just really nice in a time where, um, in a time where it's really easy to isolate. Um, we also had the opportunity, Duke did, to host an in-person, like a semi-in-person retreat. Um, and we did some like boxed lunch distributions where we rotated how many students were coming and picking up food at one time. And um, I brought Fisher with me because, mostly because he wasn't crate trained at the time and we were just gonna be outside. Um, but, I forgot how big of a difference animals make in people's lives. And there were like, he was just hanging out and the students would come to pick up their lunch. And they were like, Oh my gosh, can I please pet your dog? Like, I just need cuddle time. And I was like, yeah, that's what he's here for. So like, it was almost like I brought a therapy dog, but really it was just an unbridled, um, untrained puppy that I just let loose. Um, but yeah, it's been really great for community building and just, being like making yourself really approachable um, and open to connection with others. That's great. Yeah, I really resonate with everything that you all have said. I don't have too much to add, um, but I really think that taking care of Reggie has really helped me take care of myself more because I'm going outside more throughout my day. I'm eating meals more routinely because he needs to eat routinely three times a day. And I'm snacking less um, because when I get 
you know, any kind of food that becomes unpackaged, he hears it and wants to get the food as well. So I'm snacking less and I'm meeting way more people um, because he wants to hang out with everyone. Um, even if I'm just going outside real quick and I don't necessarily want to talk to anyone, he challenges me in that way to say, no, get out there, go say hey to your neighbor, make conversation. Um, so that's been really nice. And I think oddly enough, he has helped me clean my room more because when I leave items out, especially socks, he gets them. Like he is very stealthy. He's smarter than me in that way to identify like where the missing socks are. I don't even know where they are until he shows me. And so he's helped me um, keep my room more tidy. That's awesome. So what about the other side of it? There are probably some things that you're like, I didn't know you were going to do that. You know, so what are some of those um, experiences or um, adaptations maybe that you've had to make around your dog being the boss of you? None. Everyone has a perfect dog. That's great. <laughs> so it's, I mean, my, my experience is a lot like with what Michael shared, making sure that things are picked up and out of where she can get to him. Cause it also turns out we not only adopted a lab chow mix, but she's also a billy goat and climbs on top of things. Uh, we have a, an L shaped sofa sectional, and she gets up on stands on the back of it. She's probably on the back of it, looking down on front from the windows into the sunroom where I'm sitting right now, um, just to make sure again she knows where I am. Uh, we came home one time, and um, I guess we left her out in the living room. I don't, I don't remember, but she was out in the living room, and we came home, and she had eaten a remote control. She had eaten one of our daughter's toys and which then went, sent us on a wild goose chase on Facebook Marketplace to try to find replacement of this toy that you can only get that came with this other thing. Um, so, so that was great. Uh, so yeah, it's that type of thing, just being, having to be very mindful of what, what things are out that are potentially in her reach, um, which it was actually a new, new thing for us because as an infant and toddler, our daughter wasn't that kid that gets into everything or climbs or, or like tries to put everything in her mouth. So it was actually new for us. Like we're having to baby proof our house in a way that we didn't have to do for our human child. I feel like I need to keep a list, like start keeping a list of the things that we say to the dog as if we're talking to a toddler. Like one time we were on a walk and there was a cigarette butt on the ground and he walked up and start like started to like try and eat, like grab it to eat it. And my partner just very casually said, uh, don't eat the cigarette, but you're not a smoker Fisher. And I'm like, things that you don't anticipate telling your dog, <laughs> like you're not a smoker. Um, I, but I totally second puppy proofing the house. Um, as the extrovert, I really did not expect to feel so much guilt leaving her. 
Um, so I would get invited to like a party and be like, well, I can only go for an hour. Belle's not, she's left alone. And then my friends would be like, so like, you've been waiting for this for months to like come out, hang with people, not just hang with the quarantine, but like safely hang out with people in the sunshine and your dog will be okay to be left for a couple of hours. But I feel the need to one, take her everywhere with me. If it's not like a patio, then I'm like, I don't know that I can go. I, it needs to be an outside setting. So Belle can join me. Um, so I need, it's not, this is not an issue on her really. She's a great dog. Um, so I need to be better about like, it's okay to leave her alone. I can go out and socialize and have a life and she doesn't have to be a part of a hundred percent of it. Yeah, I, I feel that a lot, Sarah Whitney. I am having a challenge with having alone time and not feeling bad about it. Um, and also I, I'm challenged to ask for support like more intentionally and actively from other people, especially my partner and my family um, when I need someone to dog sit for a bit. So I think that's having Reggie is making me be more real with myself and knowing what I can and can't do and, you know, kind of maintaining healthy um, relationships and support system, not only for myself, but but for him. So that's kind of a good, healthy challenge. But then the real challenges are what you would expect with a new puppy. He's almost four months old. And so um, finally, I think he is potty trained, fingers crossed. But that was a huge challenge um, was him peeing on a lot of places <laughs> around the house. Um, so I'm really thankful that he knows how to control his bladder more now. What about, um, so I, I'm guessing that you're all in different versions of working remotely. As you think ahead to being more in person back on campus, what are some things you are thinking about, planning for? Um, and again, honestly, I'm, I'm interested in strategies too because Lily and I have been together most of the time. And so now um, just kind of thinking about how do you prepare them, but, but it's not just them, it's us too, right? For the adjustment of not having somebody to sort of regularly interrupt work, which can lead to better personal well-being. So what, what are your thoughts on that? What are things you've done or, or things you hope to do? as we move back toward on-campus work? I know for us, we've been trying to, as far as getting Fisher ready, because like he's just been around people constantly his whole life. Um, so something that we've been trying to do is really work on getting him crate trained because um, he is only recently potty trained. So we don't, trust him to be fully loose around the house but um yeah just knowing that you know like it's okay kind of to Sarah Whitney's point earlier like it's okay to go to dinner without a dog like it's okay to go see a friend without a dog and so trying to kind of sprinkle in those like one two hour outings or more um where he's home alone well like with our other dog Kaya, but where he's like alone in a crate and like getting him used to that so that 
when we do have to go to work and it's a, it's like four or five hours before someone can come home for lunch to let him out. It's not like a a whole like culture shock for him. So I know that's something that as far as on the dog side, now for the person side, I have no idea how I'm going to cope, but, um, (laughs) but at least Fisher will hopefully be used to being left alone. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm a little nervous about Belle since she was my grandparents' dog before. Like, she's never been around anyone that went to work. She's always had friends and family around. Um, I have not been told when I'm going back to work, but they've asked kind of how many days a week would I like to be in the office? They're thinking they're going to move it to like a hot pod situation. So I won't have like an actual desk and I'll just go in a couple of times a week. Um but luckily I do have a roommate and it's looking like maybe she'll be going in the office some. So we were going to try to figure out maybe days that I go in, she would be home and vice versa. So that way, not only does Belle have a friend, but also it is just kind of nice to have the house to yourself. I've loved having a roommate, but having two Zoom meetings going on in a 1200 square foot home is a lot. <laughs> trying to figure out where do you go? Um so we're trying to kind of figure out that balance of that way she she has someone here just because she's never been left alone, I feel like, for more than four hours. So just trying to figure out how do you just and how do you tell a dog that's 10, hey, we're now adjusting your life that's never been adjusted before. <laughs> so <laughs> um, just trying to figure that out. But I am very thankful that my office has been very understanding. And I think work-life balance was always important, but its perspective has just been changed. So uh, I think they're doing a lot to accommodate families with children as well as families with animals. And just we've proven we can get work done from anywhere almost. (laughs) Yeah, I anticipate Reggie's not going to love it when, you know, office normalcy, whatever that means, um, happens again. So I'm preparing, I think a little bit financially to make some adjustments in terms of getting someone to take him out, um, during like the lunch hour. Um, there's an app called WAG, um, where you can enlist help, um, for strangers to come and walk your dog. Um, but one of my neighbors does that right now, since, um, he's in a really busy career. Um, so, perhaps considering that maybe a a daycare option, but I know that those things can get expensive. And so um, I think maybe experimenting with those um, during the initial adjustment period, but also, you know, seeing what can be done in terms of my own work. So at a future, I'm I'm kind of in between jobs right now. So I'm still working remotely for California, but trying to get a job here in Nashville. And so um, whatever that means for me in the future, I'm hoping, like you said, Sarah Whitney, I think our perspective has changed on what work-life balance looks like. And so at least asking the question, if I can extend my lunch hour a little bit so that I can be the one to go home. And if that's not the case, having that, um, that backup plan of other resources to maybe help Reggie during that adjustment period is something I'm planning on. And then I unfortunately don't have a ton of advice. So we have been on campus um, every day since August, um, really July 
2020. Um, one of the unique challenges of residence life is we never really left. Um, so I've been here basically since I started um, last year. But when we first got Flynn, um, two of the strategies that were most important for us is really trying to keep that routine. Um, and I know that's challenging within student affairs with our schedules changing quite often, um, but trying to find some consistency for him as well as crate training was really important as we first um, had him and we're getting used to being in the office. So we made the mistake of venturing out for an extended period on a Saturday, not too long after getting Serena. Uh, Murray is in a rural area. And so we're disconnected from any shopping that isn't Walmart basically or Kroger. So we went to the next uh, town, Paducah, Kentucky, that, that has some other shopping options. And we came home and uh, Serena, uh, it turns out that her response to anxiety and, or nervousness is, is to drool all over herself. And so I thought actually she had gone potty all over herself. So I gave her a bath and then learned uh, a few days later when I went to the office to do something that I came home and she had drooled all over herself again. And also in the process, we, we bought a, uh, a crate liner bed made by the Kong company. Suppose I always thought Kong products are indestructible. Well, it turns out their, their woven bed is not indestructible and Serena found a way to destroy it. So we, we learned that the lesson the hard way about the importance of easing into whether it's time alone in a crate without us home or, or whatever that is. So we then started with just shorter durations. Okay, can she have it on an hour? Okay, that, that's working out. How about two hours? Um, and so as a faculty member, I, I do have more flexibility in the times that I, I go to the office and, and we've been spending more time at, at work uh, in the last, since getting Serena, partly to, so that when we are back with the expectation that there isn't any more remote work for anybody at the institution come August, um, that that won't be a shock for her. So we've been able to kind of ease into that. And, and I'm able to leave her in the crate. I also learned that uh, she needs to have some, at least some sort of background noise, but she seems to really like Cartoon Network. And I think Teen Titans Go is her favorite. So make sure that Cartoon Network is on for her and she's a happy pup. That's awesome. Um, Michael, I'm going to ask you to start on the next one because I know that you do have to go to another meeting here in a little bit. But so if I were doing this episode and I was interviewing your dogs instead of you all, and I asked them what has been the high point of the past year for you, and if they had the ability to speak, because I know all of you, and one of you is bound to say, well, dogs can't talk, Michelle, so they wouldn't say anything. Um, but if they could, what would your dog say is, and it doesn't have to be a single thing, but what are some of the highlights that you think your dog would uh, mention from the past year or, or matter of months if they're not a year old? I think pandemic life is the only life that Reggie has known. So I think he just really enjoys that I'm nearby nearly all the time. We're just so inseparable, we're buddies. So I think he just likes having 
you know, best friend that's kind of attached to the hip right now. Great. I would say two things for Belle. Um, she gets a lot of walks now. My sweet grandparents uh, are wonderful, lovely people, but her main source of walking out, outside was courtyard sits. So now we go on lots of walks throughout the day. And then also, again, I promise I love my grandparents. They're amazing people, um, but they are just great, rigid rules. You know, they've got a lot of rules. So Belle had certain furniture she could be on and she couldn't be on. And bless her heart, I was confused. I would question myself when I'd go visit them. Like, am I allowed on this couch? I can't remember. <laughs> so I think when she moved in with me, it was like, no rules, <laughs> whatever we want. <laughs> which maybe shouldn't have been the, the it thing. But anyway, we're just living large over here. Me and my grandma dog. <laughs> awesome. Similarly to Sarah Whitney, one of what Flynn would really say is that we've spent a lot of time outside. Um, knowing that so much of this year has been just sitting outside and going on walks and trying to explore nature um, and get out in that way more than I think I've ever done in my life. Um, has been really cool and I've really appreciated have a, having a dog to do that with and so some of our favorite things um, especially because I've only been at the University of Georgia for um, just about 10 months now so just getting to explore a new campus and be in a new city and just see different things and be able to spend time outside I think Flynn would definitely love that we've spent a lot of time together in that way. Great. I think Serena would tell you that she's glad that I let her play rough with me. And so I think with, with the type of, of mixed breed that she is, um, the labs and chow chows are both very energetic um, and definitely have a pack type of mentality. Um, and so the three humans in this house are her pack and I'm the one that she can play rough with. And I think that she appreciates that. Um, she must because she keeps gnawing on my hands and um, anytime if I sit on the floor, that's the invitation to come and climb all over me and, and basically wrestle. So um, I don't have puppy WrestleMania. I, I've got puppy and, and human WrestleMania where I'm the other one in the ring with her. Awesome. My initial sarcastic reaction was going to be being born because I feel like being born within the last year is probably the best thing to happen to him. But that aside, I think the other, I think the real answer that he would be have, have being a lab mix, anything food related. So like the amount of treats involved randomly throughout his training process. Um, my partner has been working to like, he loves Cheez-Its and so he wants our dogs to love Cheez-Its. And so he's been trying to teach Fisher how to catch things in his mouth. And it's honestly so comical because he absolutely cannot do that. But so just like the amount of treats that are involved in his daily life um, and also WrestleMania, we can't, we can't throw that out. That it happens every day. It's got to be, it's got to be a plus. Otherwise, I don't know what they're faking. It's not morning without WrestleMania. It's not. That should be the new slogan of uh, actual like WrestleMania. 
Oh, it should be. Let's work on that. Okay, so as we start to wrap up, um, a well, I have another last, last question, but if you were going to give advice to someone who's like, oh my gosh, I listened to this episode. All of these people have wonderful dogs. I'm going to get one tomorrow. What advice would you give? Um, and then if there's anything else that you want to talk about or things I should have been asking in this episode, you can, the door is wide open. So talk about whatever you would like. But if you do have advice for people who are thinking about getting a dog, what would you say? Oh, I'll chime in here real quick um, and then log off. Um, so I would say budget for it. It really adds up quickly, like with the vet visits and the toys and the food and the grooming. And if you need to, you know, provide a care option for your dog while you're there. So that's definitely something to think about. But the opportunities outweigh the challenge, people. If you're thinking about getting a dog, I encourage you to do it. Um, I think more joy will be brought to your life. Um, I think that I get a lot of joy out of things that are supposed to bring joy to Reggie, but they bring joy to me, like his toys, for example. I found myself nostalgic for my childhood, I guess, because I've been getting Reggie some of the same type of toys that I had as a kid, like a rubber Gumby or like a plush cat dog from Nickelodeon. Like a set of Legos. What's that? A set of Legos. <laughs> Legos are a no-go for, for Reggie. Um, so safe, safe, nostalgic toys. Um, you know, who knew that dog toys and child toys can be so similar? Um, so yeah, that's something to consider. And then also something that I've just really found a lot of joy in is seeing my dog with family members because I haven't given my parents a child yet, but I feel like I've bought myself some time because they have a grandbaby now um, that's a dog. And so they really, I love seeing them interact in that way since I don't have a child to do that, that with. Very strategic. I agree with Michael 100% that budgeting is, is important, but I have loved dogs forever. She's currently sitting in my lap. Don't mind me. Um, but at the same time, I think just do it. I will be a hundred percent truthful in that this past year was hard and I've never dealt with anxiety like I have here. And she has fixed it almost a hundred percent. Like, in times where it was snowing, it wasn't even the pandemic. It was just snowing. So I couldn't go outside and be with people. Um, and then on top of the pandemic, she's just been great. Someone to cuddle with someone to talk through things with just to like voice my opinions, to cook with, to dance with. I mean, insert any possibilities have been available with my little road trip marshmallow fluff dog. Um, so I, I say, just do it. They're worth it. Not to be a party pooper, but I think for, I mean, if we're talking about advice, like realistically, like you just have to make sure that you have time for it. I think I forgot. I mean, we have an older dog. She's 12 and she's trained. She's been in the family for 11 years. And so I forgot how much work 
a, a young dog is like how much time it takes to train them, how much time and like the importance of socializing them. Like it's a lot. Um, the amount of times that in one zoom meeting, I have like heard the potty bell ringing and had to like run up and take him out real quick. Like there's just a lot of time involved. And, um, as someone who has like spent time working, like more like volunteering for like animal shelters. I feel like there's been, there's a lot of like excitement about getting this really cute little puppy and then realizing the gravity of that situation and that decision and what it means. And so then deciding to like return the dog because you're just like not able to, which there's nothing wrong with that. But I think really take the time. I I also will hundred percent say, go for it. Like I am a strong component of, or proponent of everyone having a dog in their life. It brings joy, but I think coupled with have a real conversation with yourself and your family about if that is the best choice for you, for the dog, will you have the time? Um, Cause it is a lot of work. It, there's a, there's a huge payoff, but it's a lot of work. I, I would echo what Casey just said. Um, I don't. I don't know how many different websites I read in blogs when we started talking about the idea of adopting a puppy before it crystallized into okay, we're going to drive to an animal shelter and possibly adopt a puppy today. Um, so it, do homework. So this is the professor now giving folks homework. Um, read read people's blogs uh, about their puppy. I mean, some of them are very over the top and, you know, that's really awesome. Um, but some some of those over the top folks are also really like brutally honest about some of the struggles. And it's, yeah, so, so be honest and be honest with yourself about what does that, what does the disruption of a puppy mean for you? Because it is going to be a disruption. Um, I, it's a welcome disruption in our family life um, because it's, it's it's an additive disruption, but it's still a disruption. And the last piece that I would add, um, kind of similarly to what Brian just shared in terms of doing your homework, is I also strongly recommend um, enrolling in puppy classes, particularly if you have a young puppy. Um, so this is the first dog in my lifetime that I've ever had that was under the age of four. My parents always adopted older shelter dogs. And so I never had to train or learn what crate training was or potty training or how to puppy proof a house. Um, and so for me, going through puppy training classes with Flynn was really important. He learned some cool stuff along the way, but really that was my opportunity to figure out like, what does it mean for me to be a responsible pet owner? And how can I be set up for success in that process and making sure that he's in a positive environment um, for all of the things that Casey shared earlier. Like we want to make sure that these dogs are in a really positive home and we can provide them as safe and wonderful as an environment as they provide love and joy to us. Um, and so don't be afraid to read those blogs or ask for help or take a puppy class together um, to make sure that you know what you need in order to be a, su a successful pet parent. Right. Yeah, those puppy class, they call them puppy classes. No, they're, they're to train us. They, the dogs will follow our lead, but we're the ones who goof up all the time. So, um, 
Well, okay, I guess as we wrap up, and this last comment can be about your, your dogs, but it doesn't have to be. Would you each be willing to share something that's bringing you joy right now? It is a beautiful day outside and I am taking some of my later meetings outside just to get some fresh air. I'm just, I'm just very grateful and appreciative for the good weather right now. That is bringing me joy. Excellent. I have a countdown to vacation. I'm going to Charleston next week to see family and I'm taking three days off. So I am very excited to go hang out with family. Belle is coming with me and it's her first time at the beach. Um, so I'm really excited to see her some Sandy paws. Great. We bought a travel trailer back in August and I, and we're going camping this weekend. So I am super excited for that time out in nature to, and I hope that there's horrible cell service, so there's so there's not even the temptation of getting on uh, a technology. So just ready for that op opportunity for recharging. Wonderful. And I am finally um, starting to plan my wedding. I've been engaged since 2019, and finally, as we are wrapping up, hopefully, this COVID pandemic, starting to plan our wedding for next year. Um, and so I, as much stress as wedding planning can be, just being able to really think about the next step um, in my life with my fiance is really exciting. And so that is something that's bringing me joy right now. I'm glad you went last. That's a tough one to top. So congratulations. All right. Well, I just thank you all so much. I mean, I know everyone is busy. Um, hopefully this was a fun conversation for you all because it's, if you have a dog that you love, who doesn't want to talk about that, right? So, um, but thanks to each of you for making some time today and, and sharing about your experiences the good, the bad, and the other. So it's all good, but I appreciate it very much. Um, so today's Essay Today podcast is brought to you by Saxa. And as always, we thank them for their support. Additionally, this show would not be possible without producer Jen Lowe, who is an amazing collaborator and is the one who really makes sure that this episode ever gets aired. So thanks for that, Jen. My name's been, oh, my name's been, and will continue to be, as far as I know, uh, Michelle Botcher. It's been a pleasure to host this episode. And as we wrap up, I'll close with a quote. The quote is, I like dogs. There's more than that, though. Here's the whole quote. I like dogs. You always know what a dog is thinking. It has four moods, happy, sad, cross, and concentrating. Also, dogs are faithful. And they do not tell lies because they cannot talk. And that's from Mark Haddon. Thank you all for listening. Have a beautiful day. And if the weather is nice where you are, as it is where Casey is, get outside with a dog or without. Have a good day, everyone.